Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, in the studio on a Wednesday morning. So I know that if I could ever get into a position of ownership for a team, I actually, the pipe dream happened, I win a bunch of money or whatever, <laughs> and I can buy ownership, of course I would go after the Kansas City Chiefs. But who would you go after, the green and white? If that was available, sure. You would? Sure. Yeah? That's the team I grew up yeah. with. I love Eagles. Well, while we're talking about pipe dreams... They finally were able to sell the Denver Broncos, who have been on the market since, what, uh, January, February of this year? Actually, it, when uh, Mr. Boland, Pat Boland, passed away in 2019, they were tacitly, his family thought they'd operated, and it, it really got to be too much. So, really, it's back about 2019 or so, in, but in a reality, yes, for about a year now. But you knew, you just knew somewhere along the line that Walmart would get involved in sports. And they are with this case because this is the this is Rob Walton. He's the 86-year-old heir to the Walmart fortune. He's the grandson of Sam Walton. 86 years old. He's the grandson. And they had Mr. Walton and his conglomerate purchased the Broncos for four billion six hundred fifty million dollars. That's a lot of money, folks. Oh, that's a lot of money. But get this, Mr. Walton. Is worth more than that himself. Oh yeah, of course, sixty billion dollars. Yeah, they got a lot of money. It's it's a it's kind of almost crazy that that it, that amount to them is almost like I mean it's not a drop in the bucket, but it is. Um, but it's interesting. Are they going to change the name to uh, Walmart Field or something I like it. that? And I think they'll probably keep the same naming rights at least for a while. Anyway, there is a naming change. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I think this is a pretty good deal for the Broncos. They'll have a lot of money to work with. They're a, they're a historic franchise anyway in terms of their uh, start in the AFL. So, yeah, this is this is a good deal for them, and I think they'll do uh, probably pretty well. They also have some associates involved. One is Lewis Hamilton, who's the Formula One driver, and the other is Dr. Condoleezza Rice. That one was weird. I was like, what? She's oh, she's in- a big pro football fan. Yeah, that's cool. I just had no idea that she would be a part owner of a team eventually but hey man that's awesome a new look i mean there are rivals i don't really care who owns them but at the same time uh, i saw a really funny list about uh what was what didn't exist the last time the broncos beat the chiefs and one of the things with stranger things even hadn't even aired yet which i thought was just hilarious and and kind of gives you into it gives you a scope of how many games we've actually beat them in a row which feels good all right let's uh move on speaking of naming rights the Bengals stadium has uh, flipped names haven't they they have now the the founder the longtime owner and founder of the Bengals Paul Brown who of course founded the Cleveland Browns as such an historic figure in the NFL but his name is being dropped from the stadium and yet there are no hard feelings because of this the stadium had been Paul Brown Stadium it's now going to be Paycor P-A-Y-C-O-R Paycor Stadium that's a Financial group, I assume it is, anyway, in in the Cincinnati area. And Mike Brown, his grandson, who is running the team, said, hey, that's the way it has to be. We need the money from the naming rights to be able to compete in the NFL on a a consistent basis. So this is fine, and granddad would uh, perfectly understand that. So Paul Brown's name is dropped. It's now Paycor Stadium, where the Cincinnati Bengals will play starting this year. Well, uh, we know it's going to happen. They tried to do it to Arrowhead, but it's still Arrowhead. I don't care what you call the field. Um, so we knew that the uh, judge was going to hear the case between some of the golfers that went to the Live Tour and wanted to come back and play <laughs> in the playoffs. 
Uh, PGA said, nah, man, you, you made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. And the player said, no, we want to come back. Let's do it. What did the judge say? Judge ruled on the case late yesterday afternoon, actually very early in the evening. It was out in San Francisco. Federal court is where the lawsuit was filed. It is three golfers. Uh, who Actually, there's a number of golfers who are uh, suing the PGA, but these three wanted to come back like starting tomorrow in Memphis. That's when the PGA playoffs begin, and the playoffs, Mike, are very, very lucrative. Now, these guys are already getting paid by live. Whether they win, lose, or draw, or don't even show up, I guess they're still getting paid, but whatever the case, these three wanted a part of that. Uh, they are not some of the big names who you're familiar with, but they are PGA regular players. Sued to come back, sued for a restraining order. And the judge looked it over and didn't take him very long and said, Guys, didn't you know the rules? You knew what the PGA had done? Yeah, we did. Yet, you ain't coming back. I so wonder, did, they, the, did the golfers go to Memphis? I mean, because like you said, they're supposed to play tomorrow. You think they went to Memphis and are just waiting to hear? No, I, no, I doubt it. I, doubt, I think they probably went home. Yeah. Uh, they probably registered for the tour but, or for the event. The Danny Thomas, Memphis, or St. Jude. Saint, it's the FedEx St. Jude tournament. Okay. It used to be the Danny Thomas. It's a big one. The winner gets something like 18 million bucks or something like that. It's, it's a lot of money. And it's the first of the playoffs. So, but the judge said no, and that's a big win for the PGA right there. We'll see what happens with this lawsuit that Liv has filed. I really can't see it going very far, but. It is what it is. We it is what it is, and is what it the, like it always is. And the uh, winners in those situations are the attorneys. <laughs> so the Cardinals went to the mountains, hoping for an eight straight win. Tell me they got it. They did not. When the Cardinals go down, they go down with the thud, and they did this time with the Colorado Rockies. Miles Michaelis, who has been one of their consistent pitchers, I think it's fair to say that he did not have it last night. Michaelis, in two and a third innings, gives up 10 runs and 14 hits. That's a lot, folks, for one pitcher, but Cardinals didn't want to go to the bullpen. They need to save that bullpen. So as a result, the Colorado Rockies, who can hit, especially in their park at Coors Field. In fact, the Rockies have a winning record. They don't have a winning record overall, but they do at Coors Field. Won the game 16-5, to 22 hits for Colorado last night. And the game was out of hand in the third inning when the Rockies scored nine of those 16 runs. And Miles Michaelis just was pounded. But that happens. That's part of base, those things inning out. And when the Cardinals and Rockies play tonight, it could be a totally different story. But last night it was not. 16-5, to the Rockies win it. End of the seven-game winning streak. It could have been uh, the altitude, maybe, or maybe a couple of the players went to a rec shop before the game and just didn't have their head on straight. What about the Royals? How they do? Royals and the Chicago White Sox split, and I love this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, being a baseball fan, a traditional doubleheader. Pay one fee, stay all day. Bingo. That's you what I'm talking it. about. The uh, Royals won the first game, which was late yesterday afternoon, beat the Chicago White Sox 4-2. to two. And uh, 30 minutes later, came back, and the White Sox won the nightcap by a score of 3-2 to two, uh, up at the Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. So a split. And the Springfield Cardinals opened up a series in Amarillo, Texas, way out in the western part of Texas. And they played the Sod Poodles, scored four runs in the first inning, let that one get away. Back and forth they went, and then the Springbirds scored two runs in the ninth 
to win 11 to 9. That's a long oh, game. No, it, oh, yeah. And especially out in West Texas oh, where you know it's not cool. No. So uh, Springfield Cardinals open up a six-game series with a win. Maybe they're getting back on the right track. Again. That's all I like to hear, and they'll be back in town next week. So that'll be awesome. Um you know, one of my favorite things in the whole world is like mid-September, it's starting to cool down a little bit. You wake up on Saturday morning, you open up the windows, let the air in, you flip on the tube, and you got beautiful college football on your TV. Now, for a guy like me that uses rabbit ears, and, and I know, I know, <laughs> you know Ned, I know, I know. But uh, as we go through a, a changing process with uh, streaming and different channels and packages and sponsorships, the whole world of college football and TV is going to change. Especially next year, 2023, when the new contract, and this is a free network contract that does not involve ESPN. This is very interesting. ESPN and the Big Ten Conference, that's Michigan and Ohio State and uh, well, matter of fact, Nebraska, Minnesota, well, you know the schools that are in the Big Ten. ESPN and the Big Ten have had an agreement for 40, 4 0, 40 years. It comes to an end in 2023. The Big Ten Conference, it hasn't been officially signed yet, but it will be in the next couple of days, is joining Fox, it's a three network deal Fox, CBS, and NBC. And according to the reports that are coming out, part of the scheduling. This is where Ned Reynolds gets the conspiracy involved here. Uh, here, hold on. Let me get my uh, let me get my tinfoil hat on. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> no, no, they're not involved. Uh, but it would be a the NBC games would be a Saturday night. Every game, every weekend, it'd be a Big Ten conference game on Saturday night. This is really interesting. And when you think about it, boy, that's great. ESPN already has games on Saturday night, and maybe some of the other networks do. But this would be the Big Ten Conference, the big, some of the big names in football. And Ned Reynolds, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. NBC already has Notre Dame and their home games. What are they going to do? Because some of those home games are Saturday night. Bing, 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 bing. You know, it, it tells me Notre Dame is going to join the Big Ten Conference. I just had that feeling. That was not announced. It's my conspiratorial thought. Why would they, and, and that contract... Give up that kind of prime it, it, well, time. It, yeah. goes, it goes until 2032, so they can't get out of it. And it would be very expensive. Hey, give up prime time? Nope. Notre Dame's going to be in the league. They will be part of the Big Ten Conference. There's your answer right there. At least, that's my way. Man, no longer an independent. That'll be interesting. Be the first time in well over 100 years that they have not been an independent. And, and really, Mike, they aren't now. They campaign as yeah. independent, but they're part of the ACC. Yeah, yeah. They are, they are mandated to play five ACC games a year, five of their 12 games. So, yeah, they can still be independent and play the Southern Cows and the Stanfords and the Navies and people like that, their traditional opponents. But they do have to have five. And this year they have some pretty salty teams. I think Clemson's on the uh, yeah. schedule this year. Well, it's uh, interesting, but you know what? Hopefully... I'll still get to watch it on the Rabbit Ears, Ned. Oh, yeah. oh yes. You That's a good thing. That. That's a good thing because I don't make enough money to afford a cable package like you do. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>